Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. It's miserable outside. It's gloomy. What better atmosphere to talk about the Miami Dolphins? Welcome into Finsider Radio. My name is Jake Bendel. Joshua Houts is joining me as he does each and every episode. And Josh, the leaves are falling. Every morning is it's a little harder to get out of bed. But how are you doing today? I'm doing better than we were the last time we talked, Jake. I mean, you know, we're getting excited for this Buffalo Bills game. How are, are you we? doing, man? Uh, I kind of, <laughs> we kind of are, right? We, a little bit. I think it's important for us to begin the show saying how miserable the weather is up here in the Northeast, just for the sake of everyone in Miami can take that little bit of, hey, we're Dolphins fans, or anybody in the South that we're Dolphin fans, but we're not those guys. Those guys have it pretty rough. Yeah, and they, they're also getting the Miami heat, right? Aren't they just juggernauts right now? So oh, it's, definitely better, it's definitely better to live in South Florida than it is uh, up here in the Northeast for sure. So, Josh, the trade deadline is looming. We have a little bit of Deshaun Watson info. And and this is actually some info that I'm interested to talk about because this is that, you know, covert ops sources versus sources battle to see who flinches first. Uh, But before we get to that, Josh, I think this is pretty interesting. And I there might be nothing here, but I kind of want to talk about it for a minute. The Dolphins added Duke Johnson, former Miami Hurricane, to their practice squad. So, Josh, we know that Malcolm Brown is on injured reserve, so he's gone for at least three games. The team brings in Duke Johnson. What do you think? My, my first thought was, why did this happen now? I mean, this is a guy that I think Dolphin fans, you know, since he went to the Miami University, played for the Hurricanes. This is a guy that this fan base has wanted, you know, time and time again. He's now 28 mm-hmm. years old, but uh, I think Brian Flores said in his press conference, we needed a running back. He was the best available player. So I'm intrigued to see what he can do. I mean, he's a pass catching threat. He's that guy that can do a little bit of everything. And we can't help but point out that he was Deshaun Watson's uh, running back just a few years ago. Josh, so... Stop me if I'm getting to Charlie talking about the mail here. You are. Uh, but <laughs> good point. <laughs> I, uh, I think losing Malcolm Brown to IR gave the Dolphins an opportunity to bring in a running back, but I don't think this is a running back to replace Malcolm Brown. Uh, and there's a couple of things here I want to bring up. Duke Johnson, I mean, we, we can sit here till we're blue in the face saying how much he uh, really thrives when he's in a passing offense. And we know how the Dolphins, the split's like 70 to 30 in terms of passing the football. And I'm shooting shots at the crown here, Josh. So Miles Gaskin, man, he had one catch for seven yards last week, and then he averaged like one yard a catch in his other three. Uh, I don't think that Gaskin doesn't have a part of this o- offense, uh, but 
I think Duke Johnson might become another option in this passing game. And at the same time, uh, Barry Jackson pointed this out, and I thought this might be where they're going. Uh, he said that Jared Dokes or Patrick Laird seem more likely to be used this week in compared to Johnson. Obviously, he just joined the team. The Dolphins protected Dokes from being poached by another team this week. They did not do so with Laird. So, Josh, I mean, to me, the way Dokes runs from what we saw in college, he's the Malcolm Brown replacement. And Duke Johnson seems like a guy, if we can't have Gaskin being someone who can, you know, break off one tackle and, you know, turn a you know two-yard completion into a seven-yard completion, maybe we'll see if Duke Johnson can do that too. Because Gaskin at 5.2 yards per reception, I understand a lot of the times those are not the best-looking screens, but, I mean, there are there are scenarios where there's one guy standing in his way from, you know, a six, seven-yard gain, and he just can't make that one guy miss. Great point with Jared Dokes being more of a Malcolm Brown replacement because you're absolutely right. He does seem to be that – I don't want to say thunder, but yeah, a little bit of a thunder and that guy that can run between We're the tackles. We're so cursed with that yeah. thing. Yeah, and I, I mean, can Jared Dokes get a third and one or a fourth and one conversion? I mean, that's what we really want to know, right? Um, but I think, uh, you know, Duke Johnson, that skill set he brings, it kind of makes sense that they didn't uh, protect Patrick Laird because when you look at what Laird's skill set does, I mean, let's be honest, he's down the depth chart a little bit, but he was always that passing game presence. You know, he was always that guy that could go out there and make plays with his hands. So uh, Duke Johnson can do a little bit of everything, but uh, like you said, don't expect to see anything from him this week. But who knows going forward? And I did say he was older, but he's 28. So, I mean, uh, you never know anymore in the NFL, right? Have to talk about what he did throughout his time with the Cleveland Browns. He also played a little bit in Houston, like we said. Uh, averaged 4.2 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, and 1,931 yards throughout his career. And I think that just goes to show you what kind of player he can be. And I don't know about you, Jake, but I've drafted him so many times in fantasy football. And most of the time, it was just so I could use his name in the, in the title, as you could expect. I certainly understand you there. Obviously, shines the receiver. Um, I was a little surprised when I saw this that Josh, uh, 77% when it comes to career reception percentage, I think that's pretty saucy. And I think that's kind of what the Dolphins are looking for. Just someone who can consistently, you know, catch the ball and, and make the most. I mean, it's going to be chicken shit a lot of the times, but there's ways to turn that into chicken salad. Moving on, Josh, now that the season... Actually, just, it, just to stop you there, real interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but he has 307 receptions throughout his career for 2,829 yards and 12 touchdowns. So he's been more successful through the air than he has been on exactly. the ground. So I guess that just goes back to the point that... This guy's going to come in and, and at least make some plays with his hands. Or or another doomsday scenario, he comes in to run the ball in third and one, and we're all just throwing things against the wall because we're sitting here saying he should be used as the receiving back. I don't know what to say to that. I, I, hope, I hope you're wrong. I hope that he's the guy that can go out there and, and get us one yard because how the hell? I mean, and that's been our biggest biggest downfall. Well, no, it hasn't. No, no, it hasn't. There, there's been a lot of them. And because there have been so many, Josh, to make this sound so much more delightful, delightful i think we're at the point of the season where we can have a little fun you know the the playoffs are gone we're just gonna kind of play with the money we got which might be you know blackjack table with like 50 cents or something uh but the personality of this team is still shining through i mean christian wilkins we've always known as someone uh, who's pretty goofy and he kind of keeps the energy there mac collins josh i mean this guy is you know everyone kind of freaked out when they said he was a captain for the team and of course you know early september what else are we going to talk about uh, but he, you, you see why he is one of the leaders on this team. And he is always one of those vocal leaders too. He had this quote here, Josh, I wanted to bring it up. Matt Collins said he appreciates how Flores has stayed consistent in his, in this one to six start. If you get a guy that's an ass when losing and an upbeat guy, when winning, it turns into poor coaching. We don't have that. Josh, is that Matt Collins saying that Brian Flores is always an ass? don't know man that to me sounds like he's definitely saying you know brian Flores is always an ass but based on everything that's been going on i mean is is 
Is that a surprise? I mean, we see this dark cloud continuing to loom over this team. Saw it yesterday at practice. I mean, Jake, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I know we're spinning out of control here, but what were your thoughts when you saw, you know, all, all of Twitter basically overreacting over the, I don't not want to be here. Yeah. And then to a stretching, he did look very, very sad stretching, but I, I probably would have too. Do you think he just looks uncomfortable that he's trying to loosen his hamstring and 14 people have iPhone cameras on him? Could, <laughs> yeah. could that be it? Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Everyone just pointing <laughs> like, at dude, him. Dude, I, I got this wedgie I need to pick, but there's 14 cameras on me. I'd be sad too. That could certainly be it. But yeah, Josh, <laughs> let, let, let's jump into that. We'll talk a little bit. Uh, saying I don't not feel wanted. I, I think Tua's kind of handled everything very well. I mean, his quote about life not being fair. I mean, he's facing adversity. He knows that. But I think the thing we can all agree on, and I think the thing we all wanted, maybe some of us wanted more, is he he's getting his chance, right? From We're, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but it seems like the Watson rumors, and now that I'm saying this and, and putting it out there, we're going to have to do another podcast tomorrow when the trade goes through. But the thing I wanted the most was just to give Tua this year. And while these press conferences are still a challenge, I think he knows that he he's in control at this moment. Or at least I hope he knows that he has this opportunity to come out and shine uh, because I think it goes back to the fact he, he's played decently well over these last two weeks. Not enough for me to say he's our franchise guy. There's no doubt about that, but I mean, I'm looking forward to watching him play for the rest of the season. Unless, unless, unless his ribs get obliterated in the second play against Buffalo. I, I hate, I might have to censor that <laughs> out. Sorry. But I mean, I, I think Jake, it, you're right. The way he's handling this has just been sensational. And I think that's kind of just why you just love the type of guy that he is. And that's why everyone roots for him. I mean, I've had some people ask, you know, why, why don't, why do people root against him? You know, why do they feel, you know, slighted by what Tua does? And I think a lot of it had to do because whether or not they felt differently about him through the draft process, or maybe it's that Tim Tebow effect. Someone's mentioned, you know, he has that Tim Tebow yeah, effect. That's so where, weird. You know oh what I God. mean? You need two NFL games a week. If we're having these conversations, okay, if we need to have two NFL games a week, if, they, if this is where we're at. Yeah, well, it is. We're just feeling nice, nice guy. But he, he said all the right things yesterday. I mean, the internet blew up because of it, but I, I really don't know what else you could ask for. But you mentioned how well he played. I mean, he's looked very good these last two weeks. Looked like the player we expected, but I'll probably get crapped. I know the last podcast I had people yelling at me, you know, oh, Josh, that's our quarterback. What? I would might have been a little hard on him, but I think, you know, what he's done over these last two weeks against, you know, two mediocre defenses has been everything you could expect from your franchise quarterback. And let's let's be real here. You being a little hard is, is not in the same stratosphere as like Gordon Ramsay here. I mean, your version of being a little hard was yeah. was marshmallow bullets. I mean, there there were marshmallow throws that were concerning last week, and I think that was your main takeaway. It's you know when you have a quarterback like that who can complete you know 90 percent of his passes, and you know if you're going to do that, that means you need to throw the ball a lot of times, which means you're not getting a lot of massive plays that that blow up the field. That consistency is just so important, and I think that's what we're going to really need to focus in on. Isn't really that you know he's leading the league in completion percentage or anything like that. It's it's the context of when those interceptions happen. Because if you're throwing the ball sixty times, those interceptions are certainly going to happen. That's just how statistics really uh, boil down. But in terms of you know the red zone interceptions or throwing it right at a linebacker, I think that is going to be the biggest takeaway this year. And I don't think it matters how many touchdowns he throws; it'll be a lot of fun. But I think that is where we stand right now the biggest deciding factor of if he can be the guy long-term. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, the difference between last year, you know, last year is winning games, did not quite putting up those numbers. Now he's putting up the numbers, right. but they're not winning games. So I know some people were calling it the Justin Herbert effect because in his rookie season, everyone was praising Justin Herbert for that. But I mean, uh, again, I just don't know what more Tua could do except for, you know, this week against Buffalo. I mean, that's his time to shine. That's his main event. And um, I just hate how, you know, two weeks ago, people were wanting to trade. As soon as, as, soon as he got hurt, you know, everyone wanted to trade for Deshaun Watson, it seemed. And then he came back I mean, and, before that, too. Yeah, yeah. Before that, too. And then he played two very good games again against bottom feet defenses and look yeah. very good and now everyone's turned and you know he's their guy so uh, i don't know but I, I just hope that he does get the chance like you said to prove he's the guy jake i mean we started this by talking about deshaun watson and every day something new comes out i was at the dental office a little bit ago and i saw that charles robinson i can't find the exact uh quote or who wrote did the write-up on it but he's basically saying what john mcclain said the other day and that is that a deal is in place but it's all riding on these allegations getting settled a settlement. And I, I don't know how you feel about that, but that to me just makes me wonder why the hell we've been doing this, this entire 10 months, you know, longer than that, because I think all along Deshaun Watson said he didn't want to settle or he didn't want to disclose the information or whatever it was. Now you're telling me that they have to settle within what four days, four days, and this trades on hindering on them trading or them settling in four days. I mean, that's crazy to me. And to just think how this coaching staff and this front office has let this lingered for 10 months. And now you're just sitting here saying, okay, nothing has literally changed in 10 months and it's just continuing to pick up steam every single day. So I don't think a trade will happen. You said that at the beginning of this, I don't think a trade will happen, but who the hell knows we might be coming on tomorrow and talking about. And I think I heard Mike Florio say this a couple of times that I think Watson did try to settle. And then there came a lot of uh, the, the talks got really deep into it. And as you can tell, I'm, I'm a lawyer, but uh Basically, it came down to the conversation of, is this all going to be private? Is the settlements going to be disclosed or is this going to be out in the open? I think that's where it fell apart. According to Florio, I, I have no idea. Uh, but Josh, what we also have here is that I think it was what? Yesterday morning, Wednesday morning, we heard that the Panthers have bowed out of Watson trade requests. Um, and reports, like you said, started leaking that Miami wasn't going to make a deal until those off-field issues are resolved. And you wonder, you're saying, why are we letting this happen for the last 10 months? And that's because Deshaun Watson is a all-pro, all-world quarterback who wants to come play in Miami. And for all we know, Josh, right now, the only team Watson is willing to waive his no-trade clause for is Miami. So what I see here is that the Dolphins are just walking that line of, we're just going to shut up because if we say something, it's going to be very stupid. It's going to make someone mad somewhere. So we're just going to kind of ride with this. We're going to ride with the guy who we have right now is Tua. And the only reason it's it's stuck around is because the Dolphins are interested in Deshaun Watson. So they can't really come out and say, we aren't interested in Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and that is the thing. I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, the Dolphins absolutely at some point had conversations and I think they're still, they're still going on, you know, but I think the way it seems to me is, okay, so he didn't waive his no trade clause. So, or he only waived it to, for the Dolphins. I mean, does that not give the Dolphins a lot of leeway as to what offer they're giving them? I mean, this whole thing has been, you know, you hear some reports, the Dolphins haven't met the three first or this and that. You keep hearing that deal's meant. So I don't know what to believe, Jake, but um, I think the way I see it is maybe Chris Greer's, you know, continue to call, continue to try to get, Deshaun Watson for his price. I mean, if this guy was clear of those things, if this was back in January before all this stuff came out, I mean, what were, I think Ian Rapport was saying four or five first round draft picks. I mean, this guy could yield and, you know, now we still might bring in three. I mean, so I guess the way maybe Chris Greer and Brian Flores and them see this thing is they have the potential to get a top five guy 
all the off the field stuff aside for a relatively cheap, you know, quotation bargain. So I don't know, but Jake, I I do want to ask you this because some people are saying maybe the dolphins let this hang over their head because it's motivating to it. And I mean, I guess I see that a little bit, but at the same time, I mean, just no matter what goes on behind the scenes, when you're signing on, you know, every day, or you're getting text messages every day about, you know, the Deshaun Watson news, or, Hey, you want to go get traded elsewhere? I mean, I, I don't know how it is, but that to me seems like they're grasping for straws trying to say that this is a way to motivate Tua. Yeah, Josh, I'm right there with you on that one. I, I think that'd be way too elaborate and way too risky to try but to it, pull anything along that. But then again, to the point, I mean, he has looked pretty damn good, uh, you know, yeah. so who, who knows if that's what it is. I mean, hopefully we get some wins out of this, right? Yeah, Josh. And to kind of circle back here and tie up these knots, uh, there were people panicking because they were wondering, well, is Miami betting with themselves? Are they bidding against themselves? I should say, uh, for, for trade compensation, if no other teams in this, is Miami just sitting there meeting this price? And you have to wonder where that report came out of that, you know, a deal was in place and that Miami was ready to make a trade. And if that was actually Houston, if that was something Houston wanted to do for the sake of maybe making the NFL flinch, maybe making the NFL come out and say something about Watson, what's going to happen with him? Uh, is he going to be put on the exempt list or anything like that? So then trade talks could continue. So I wonder if that was uh, Houston's way of trying to jump out and make a domino fall, even though it might not be in order. All I know is there's no light at the end of this tunnel, right? I mean, no. if the, 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 the train, if, the, if we're going to all be sitting there waiting, watching, you no know, NFL network at four o'clock, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember this, Jake, but remember when Jimmy Graham got traded? I mean, I was sitting there watching NFL total access and right at four o'clock, you know, breaking news, Jimmy Graham traded and it, you know, it was pretty much a shell shock. So to think that I'm going to be sitting there at four o'clock or three fifty nine waiting to see if something happens. I mean, that's a little scary, but until this, until the deadline passes, I mean, this is not going to go away. And even then it's just going to loom over this franchise into January and February. And at that point, if the dolphins truly did want to Sean Watson, I mean, depending on the legal situation, there could be more suitors involved. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Jake, before we wrap up this podcast, there were a few things I wanted to mention from the previous game against the Atlanta Falcons. The center position, Reader, I mean, he looks pretty good. I mean, it's crazy to think the way we went into this offseason, uh, concerned about the offensive line, that the center position has been, you know, maybe the position that has been the most consistent. So I like what I saw to him, and I also got to throw this to Xavier Howard. I'm sorry, I was a little harsh on you. I know you gave that big Russell Gage play, and maybe there was another one in there, but uh, I kind of forgot that awesome interception he had. So I was a little harsh on him. People have told me I was a little harsh on Tua, but I just want to make sure I, I gave Reader his credit because that offensive line didn't look much different with him in the line. Lineup. Look at the look at our listeners putting bad boy Houts in his place over here. Josh, I know we're not, you know, 
right about anything we say in terms of predictions or whatever it may be. But let, let me get your percentage here. If the Dolphins are going to be making that, you know, big trade by November 2nd, what, give me a percentage. Well, I'm not saying 69% because I don't, I don't nice. believe that. So uh, we'll say 40%. 40% chance. Does that seem, I don't think it's going to happen. But again, I think that everything we're hearing is there's a reason we're hearing it. You know, there's a reason this stuff's getting leaked and there's still conversations ongoing. So it all depends. You know, are the Texans going to bite first or are the Dolphins going to, I, I don't know. So I'll say 40%. That was a long, long wind away, 40%. What about you, man? I'll have to sit around 25 to 33%. I'm starting to think like nothing's going to happen and we're just going to sit here and, and make the most out of this season. Josh, I have one more thing I want to put out there and I want to have it on record. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen. If you want to just cut off my mic here, because I think you already know where I'm going. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but wouldn't it be the most Miami Dolphins thing in the entire universe if the way you end a six-game losing streak is against the world-beating Buffalo Bills coming off a bye? Would that would that not be the most Miami Dolphins plot twist? Obviously, they, they'd probably lose out the rest of the way in order to win that game, but I think that's... That, that kind of is, is on my uh, radar for Sunday. You threw it out there. I should have shut your mic off because I, I don't know how <laughs> realistic that is. But, I mean, so Dolphins. I mean, they'll go up there to to Ralph Wilson Stadium and come away with a victory against, you know, an A to three gross, yeah. ugly. Like. And, the, you know, the defense knocks Josh Allen around, you know, gets two or three interceptions. Everyone's all stoked. I mean, we're, we're going way down there, man. I, they're and coming off a bye. Blown out is, by Houston. Yeah, but they're coming off a bye. Is this really is? Yeah. I, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's it's a very nerve-wracking <laughs> game. Um, I just hope Tua's ribs don't explode. I think the offensive line, you, you mentioned uh, the improvement with Reader in action, is looking a little better. So, hey, maybe he'll get the, what, 2.7 seconds he needs to get rid of the ball and, and not get obliterated after um, 0.2 seconds. Yeah, and let's give Tua credit because the reason that offensive line has improved or looked at least a little bit better over these last few weeks is the way he manipulates that pocket. So, I don't know, Jake. This was our... A fin slider, I guess. We are going to yeah, do a preview episode. A little nibble. Yeah, a little nibble, a little bite of the bone or something like that. And we're planning on doing our preview podcast either tomorrow or we'll have it up Saturday morning. But, um, dude, I just don't know. Every time I'm on Twitter, I mean, my phone keeps telling me every week, you know, your screen time's up. It's like, no shit, dude. There's a Deshaun Watson trade looming. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? I, I don't have notifications on. Uh, yeah, I don't have notifications on. So I just sit there and refresh and refresh. And then there's times when it says tweets are unavailable. And I'm like, oh. Oh shit. Like it just happened. And then it, and then it starts working again. So that's what we're all going to be doing for the next four, four days or however many days it is. But um, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm, I cannot say I'm stoked. I'm intrigued to see the way the dolphins again, back against the wall division rival haven't beat Josh Allen. What, but once since he arrived in Buffalo, I mean, at some point it's got to change, but I just don't think it'll be this week. Josh, you're completely right. We'll get more into that tomorrow, Saturday, whenever you're listening to this, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, if you want to yell at, Houts for being such a jerk to players in the NFL on Twitter. You can go at H-O-U-T-Z to hunt him down and put him in his place. I could be found at jbendel94. Obviously, I never say anything mean or bad. or I'm just a little saint. So, so go yell at Josh. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's talk to you next time. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.
Cause we're the Miami 